Welcome everyone to Coven episode 15. My name is Noah Lloyd. You can find me on Twitter at Noah Gola. You can find the show online at covenpodcast.com and on Twitter at coven underscore podcast. As always, you can find our content warnings in the description for this episode. Our theme song, as always, is by Ben Cronin and our cover art is by Daniel Stetner. We've got a smaller cast today. Uh, Kiefer couldn't make it and Sharon couldn't make it either. But it works out because last episode, both Sharon's character and Kiefer's character were incapacitated. So we've got Gary Slack. Hey, this is your boy Gary Slack, and I'll be playing Robert Chesmer. So quick recap for the audience. Last, I guess a month ago, since we dropped a bonus episode between now and then, we ended with both, well, let's say we ended where the three of you had been fighting Travis Trent and his collected demons. Yeah. And uh, both Travis and Kiefer wound up dazed because they used the boost power twice in a row. And uh, so they wound up, I described it as being like the scene near the end of Blue Velvet where the yellow man is just standing there even though he's dead. So Still Travis and Sam seen that movie, so I mean it's a <laughs> it has things to go for it and also things to not go for it. Um but it's a really I I've always liked that scene as being it's very strange. Someone has been shot and he's dead and he's just still standing. Like not not alive, not looking around, not thinking or anything. He's just standing there in this room. It's it's very kind of eerie. And I imagine we have kind of a similar thing here where Samson and Travis, their eyes have both gone completely white. They're just standing there in this daze. Um, importantly, Sharon's character, Joan, still in the form of a German shepherd, has been stabbed and is bleeding out on the floor of the arcade. And we are, that's the other thing. We are in an arcade. There are uh, pinballs all over the floor and shattered glass everywhere. And the room is still kind of full of sound and light. And at the very end, Ectrix, which is Samson's new demon, had approached Robert and um, basically offered to help. So Robert decided to summon a demon in the midst of, of all this chaos in this, in this moment of stillness in the fighting. So let's actually, let's start with Gary. I just want to ask, like, what's the thinking? Like, what's the, what's the goal with summoning a demon now? I think it was Kiefer, or maybe it was you last episode that said Robert is like a very anime character. And I never really thought of that, but, you know, I think this summoning sequence, if successful, is, you know, pure anime power-up sequence. Like, mm. you know, uh, Robert seeing his, uh, Joan as an acquaintance, uh, Samson not so uh, Samson's acquaintance Joan is a friend and Robert's an acquaintance but he both cares for them and wants to protect them but there's also you know a little bit of ego here because these are two characters that have been able to show off their powers in different episodes whereas Robert you know is more reserved and still questions whether or not he's even cut out to do this stuff so mm. um Ideally, this would be Robert's chance to turn the tide of the fight towards himself. Um, but if successful, also kind of show his own dominance in this group. Um, you know, he wants to show anyone who cares enough to find out that, hey, you know, don't fuck with me either. Mm -hmm. For sure. Cool. I like that. So... This episode's going to, and we'll see where it goes from here. I'll be honest that I, there are moving parts in the background, which I'm aware of, but uh, I haven't, I haven't planned anything specific. So we're going to go through the process of summoning a demon and we'll see where it leads us. And this is, I've talked about this on the show before, I think, but this is one of the things I love about storytelling through role-playing games is I don't, I don't know what's going to happen and we're going to figure it mm -hmm. out together. Yeah. So we are looking at the sorcery chart, uh, and let's talk real quick about the process for summoning a demon. We've done this before with uh, Samson, with Keeper's character, but since it's just you and me today, we can 
kind of take our time a little bit and explore it. So every demon has to be contacted. That's one of the rituals. Let me let me run through the rituals real quick. Contact, summon, bind, punish, banish, and contain. Um, punish and banish don't have much bearing on summoning a demon at the moment. Um, you could try to banish one of Trent's demons, but that's um, not what you've decided to do at this point. Mm-hmm. But to to summon and control a demon, it's basically a three-step process. There's contact, so you can only summon a demon once it's been contacted. So you, ha- you have to speak to it, or someone has to have contacted it at some point. And then there's the summon, which is another... Each of these represents a role, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's the summon to actually bring it into the world. And then there's the bind, which is to bind the demon to yourself. And binding a demon, I'll point this out before, uh, I've pointed it out before, I'll point it out again, is that uh, binding an unbound demon always works. The question is how well it works and who gets the upper hand in this situation. Okay. To that, you can try to contain a demon before you summon it. Um, That involves kind of more preparation, right? And it's a whole ritual on its own. You would create the container and then summon the demon into that container, which would then entrap it, right? And hopefully make the binding easier. It's it's likely that Robert probably doesn't have the time for that. um, To make a container. Or to make a container or... Well, so about the container... um, can it be any type of deal like Imlac is in Robert's necklace, right? Is sure. that a container? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's actually look at it to answer that question before we move on. So containing, which is a few pages later, containing a demon means limiting its movement, whether to a certain vicinity or relative to another person or object. Um, a contained demon absolutely cannot move itself outside or across the contained's boundaries. The demon is also immune to banishment as a consequence of need or lack of a host or master, etc. Um, so Imlac is not contained in the necklace, right? It's more like Imlac is the necklace. Mm. Um, and because Imlac could be banished at some point, that kind of thing. But, I mean, that said, like you could, uh, I'm just kind of spitballing here, you could try to contain a demon in your bass guitar, which you've been using in this fight, um, and then when you tried to bind it, I don't think it would be contained any longer, uh, or or you would dispel the contain at that point in order to let it use its powers again. Okay. But a, a contain is really, it's a way of, of imprisoning a demon for a time and preventing it from using its powers as well. Gotcha, gotcha. But before we do any of this, it's the contact. How would you like to go about this? We can, um, as usual, I'm going to award bonus dice for you know descriptive stuff, adding to the lore, to the metaphysics of the world. Contacting a demon requires expanding one's mind well out of commonly acknowledged boundaries. The sorcerer's lore is matched against the demon's power. At the bottom of this description, a player may describe, and this I think is important for this circumstance, a player may describe a demon for his or her character to contact, even specifying numerically if he or she wants. So we can talk about exactly what powers you want this demon to have for this situation before you contact it. But the GM can always alter the demon who actually shows up. So basically what we should do is we should have a short conversation about what you want this demon to be able to do. And then I can, and how you think it might appear if you've heard of it before. And we can just invent stuff like that. Um, in terms of adding to Robert's backstory. And then we'll we'll go from there and I might make modifications, that kind of thing. All right, great. So what kind of demon ought it be? Um... Yeah, so uh, we, can, uh, we should probably either start with the demon abilities or start with the demon types. So the demon types, as a reminder, are possessor. Uh, it needs a host, it possesses another body. Parasite, which is the kind that both Joan and Samson's first demon are. Inconspicuous, which is the kind that Ectrix is, is able to walk around on its own. Object, which is the kind that Imlac is. And then Passer, 
which looks like a human and walks around and doesn't need to be inconspicuous. So we can either start there, thinking about the type of demon you're looking for, or we can start with the demon abilities and um, kind of build it from that point. So I'm thinking inconspicuous or passer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of either of those two. Um, more so passer because it's something that we haven't really seen like in this mm-hmm. game, at least I think. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so it's the uniqueness one, and then two, the challenge to tie it into Robert, uh, his backstory and what his motivations are right now. So I think I'm going to go with Passer. Okay. And so just as a reminder, the way this works is that each ability it gets is going to add to its power, which makes it more difficult to bind later. And as a reminder, I might add powers to it, in order to make it more difficult to bind without you knowing, right? However you've heard about this demon, it's almost certainly going to be through kind of happenstance and rumor, right? Through arcane texts that are incomplete, that kind of thing. So it's it's impossible to know exactly what it is you're summoning, which is part of the fun. Um, but that's just something to to bear in mind as well. What let's let's think for a second. In the fight, Robert was really standing in as kind of the not healer, uh, the support class, right? Yeah, he was a support, total support class, right. So what, in <laughs> thinking about it in those kind of game terms, like MMO terms, what role would this demon fill? So you read my mind because um, I'm like of two, I'm of two opinions about this. Um, like one would be, like to have another support kind of demon, you know, to, I guess, work in sync with Imlac. Um, but my first reaction was to create a demon that is primarily offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a minute since I've played Final Fantasy XIV, but... I think between the support with Emlac and ideally whatever this new demon does, he would be like some kind of like urban fantasy paladin type shit, you know, where (laughs) he's like, you know, good on like all fronts, kind of bulky, like can take a hit and get back up, but isn't invincible by any means. He's not a specialist, but you know, he could, uh, get the job done. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think this demon would like preferably be like a very offensive oriented demon. Um, cool. And that comes from two places. One, um, seeing that his friends are down and wanting to do something about it. And then two, um, really wanting that offensive edge for whatever happens to the clearing. Um, like mm. he, he kind of, you know, he loves Imlac and he could definitely still use Imlac's abilities, but he wants to, you know, kind of do his own thing. Like, what good is having a support demon if I myself don't benefit from it? Mm-hmm. For sure. I like it. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I'm looking at some of these abilities and I'm like trying to find one that's like most physically um like impressive Mm -hmm. but so boost is going to be one of those uh where the demon's power is added to a given score so um you could make that score stamina which would be boosting your your stamina right your physicality let me actually double check passer real quick ah so for passer abilities must confer to itself which means that boost would actually apply to its stamina rather than to yours. So that would be a way for it to suddenly like jack itself up, for instance. Yeah, other abilities which are looking appealing to you? Boost, psychic force, but it's a... So this is a ranged attack. Um, psychic force. Is there a physical version of that? I don't see it. Um, there is something called special damage, which is pretty, um, you know, there's always, just because it's not listed here doesn't mean that a demon can't like punch or bite, 
right? Uh, so right. to to punch another target, it would roll its stamina uh, against the target stamina, probably. And then we would deal damage that way. Or it could pick up a pipe, right? Like it could carry around a knife with it, all that kind of stuff as well. Okay. So it's more how you're affecting the things it does rather than giving it a new bow, right? And it's, well, that doesn't make sense at all. Rather than giving it a new <laughs> tool, you're affecting its ability to use these tools. Um, okay. So something like special damage, we would just say like, this demon has wicked claws that come out and then it has this special damage whenever it hits and we would pick something like this. Let's go. All right, that's the one. <laughs> okay, so uh, special damage sounds like it's definitely on the list. Do you still want psychic force or do you want this to be like an up close and personal melee? Oh, up, up close, personal, berserker type, just boom, cool. boom. I yeah. like it. Okay. Anything else? Fast. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, so basically like uh, boost fast and special damage, um, all of which, you know, if I'm lucky enough, could really fuck some stuff up. Mm-hmm. Cool. So now they also get... So that sounds like a good... Let me just recap real quick for the audience. We have a passer demon. We don't know yet what it looks like quite but a passer demon with boost fast special damage and now we are going to define its numbers now you don't have to worry about its numbers at all if you don't want i can go ahead and run through those and build them uh the only question i would have for you is since this is since you're trying to build this as kind of a combat creature do you have a an impetus as to what its stamina would be out of six it doesn't have to be out of anything, um, but be aware that the higher its stamina, the higher it pow its power might be as well. 33. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> 33. You got it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, yo. Like, what's a, what's a good sort of, like, reasonable number for, like, a demon that is basically all offense and, like, is a tank? You know, he can take a hit. It can take a hit, but it can also give out a hit. But, you know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I would say... I like think my four, analog here, four? I, I was just going to say four minimum. Okay. Um, you, could, you could definitely go higher if you wanted to. Just remember, like, the higher it goes, the potentially more difficult it's going to become for you to find it. Uh, let's do... Um... And and remember, you are kind of giving me a ballpark, and you won't ever actually see the numbers for this creature um, because go, these things are unknowable. Six. Let's have fun. Let's go with six. Shooting for six. You got it. It's like a fighting type Pokemon, you know, like really good <laughs> offensive stats, but if you hit it with like a water gun instead. Well, so stamina is, is also its survivability, so it's going to be pretty high as well in terms okay. of survivability. That's good. Cool, cool. So I have its numbers now. And let me come up with a a name for it real quick. Uh, let me make sure this word I have in mind isn't actually a... It is a word in another language. I was going to say Vento, V-E-N-T-O-U-X, but that is a place in France, apparently. Do you have any ideas for, like, a, a good bruiser name for this thing? Uh, give me a sec. Uh, bruiser... Oh, I've I've um, got one. It's a little silly. I don't know if you would like this, it. What's that? It's Ronk. R O N K. <laughs> I am Ronk. All right, let's go with that. You like it? All right. Yeah, it's very eighties, you know. Yeah. Uh huh. Ronk. Ronk the Destroyer. All right. So we should decide first on its. Actually, here. How about this? How about we leave the special damage up? Uh, for discovery and that's something we can like once it actually happens we'll uh see what its special damage is like yeah. uh, it will definitely be like up close and personal melee thing so we we've got a basic demon and i've i've made uh you know a couple tweaks here or there to make it interesting we've prepared our demon what is the contact going to look like so no time has passed we should we should note that right mm -hmm. you've decided to summon the demon ronk does Robert even know 
has Robert heard of Ronk before, or is he just going to like reach out his mind into the ether to to try and contact something big and scary and um, see what's there? Yeah, I don't think Robert would have heard of Ronk, but I think Robert has watched enough of like really shitty uh, 70s, 80s kung fu <laughs> black exploitation movies to uh, come up with an idea of what could kick some serious ass. And um, he's like kind of just looking around real frantic like, and he sees the uh, arcade machines sort of blaring neon lights. And on some of those arcade machine faces, um, you know, they're for fighting games. And it's like these really sort of generic two-bit polypixel, like, you know, like martial art bruiser type, you know, polygons. And he doesn't think much about it, but when he goes to actually perform the contact ritual, um, that is something that sort of becomes preeminent, you know, with uh, like, desire so to speak of mm -hmm. what it might look like yeah yeah i love it um okay so what does the contact actually look like this is going to be a role of your lore versus the demon's power give us some description about what this like in the moment you have to do this now you don't know how long trent is going to be dazed um and you have to expand your mind beyond you know this this planet and your mortal coil to touch something else beyond? How do you do it? What does Robert do? Um, Robert breaks his guitar. Oh, shit. And he, you know, like Rolling Stones or what was it? The Who, whatever. Um, yeah, The Who, so many for these sure. Bands. Yeah, The Who, you know, just smashes <laughs> the bass guitar. Um onto the floor and like no fuck it he actually removes the strings from the guitar first and then he smashes the guitar um on the floor around him and then like basically um kind of arranges the uh bass strings in kind of a like a as best of like a square as he could make it like right above the uh sort of remains of the guitar cool okay and and is the square where you're hoping to like is robert stepping into the square or is that where the the demon it might appear so that's where the demon might appear dude i love it i love i love that your first thing is he just smashes his guitar that's so good i'm gonna give you I'm going to give you one die for the, like, I'm imagining Robert approaches the, one of these intact pinball machines and sees these characters and like is using that as kind of a focus as he smashes the guitar. So one die for the pinball machines and then like three die for smashing your dice for smashing your guitar. Cause that is just like the most like balls to the wall anime thing. Okay. So Robert's going to roll your lore, which is, let me double check here. Um, your lore is two, so I'm giving you three additional, or four, excuse me, additional dice. So you're gonna be rolling six against these, uh, 68 against this demon's power. Okay. Uh, let, let me ask, actually, 68, that's pretty good. Um, is there anything else you wanna do? Like, is there anything else you're envisioning? I'm just trying to give you an opportunity for as much bonus dice as possible. So after he breaks the guitar and sort of arranges the strings around, he basically takes his necklace off and he doesn't throw that in the pit too. Um, but he sort of off, not offers it to the pit or offers it to the demon, but he's kind of using Enlac as a conduit into this sort of uh, spiritual realm. And he wants Enlac to kind of use him as a vessel through which um, hopefully good things happen. Emlac um, mm -hmm. kind of realizes that Robert is in some deep shit here and, you know, Emlac um, agrees to um, help his lord, you know, find uh, someone that could do his bidding in this moment. 
Um, but, you know, I imagine there's going to be tensions arising from that later. But for now, MLAC is compliant. And so he, Robert, cups his hand out, uh, both hands out, sort of palms, um, you know, like a cupping motion. And in his palms is his gold chain, um, you know, in which MLAC uh, represents. And he's holding it right by, right over the uh, guitar pile. We'll see what happens yeah word i'm i'm just gonna say that since imlac is like helping you entirely um and and you're and is going along with it i'm not gonna give you its whole power but like one less than imlac's power so go ahead and roll another 3d8 like fuck it i just want this all to work and to be as cool as possible so roll another 3d8 Ooh. um not great <laughs> um, <laughs> all right so total Gary has rolled seven seven six four four three three one one, and let's see how this creature does. It has a fairly high power, so you reach out with your mind to contact the this creature, whatever it is, and it you can feel yourself almost touch it. Right there is mm-hmm. like this this moment of there's a moment in this vastness that your brain is reaching through where you feel it brush up against something in the darkness. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that something pulls away from you and um, is refusing contact with you at the moment. So you're going to have to do something else. And I'm just going to keep this roll that I made. So basically what you have to do is get an eight. And if you get an eight at some point from adding additional stuff onto this contact, you will succeed in, in contacting it. Um, but time is, is of the essence as well, right? Like every, every second that Robert spends unable to contact this creature is a second lost, right? So what does he do next in this kind of building panic? Um, first, he just kind of like, you know, shakes his palms over the pile and goes god damn it why (laughs) um and you know he he sort of i guess he asks inlac to like you know put some more stank into it and like really you know try to go for it um and instead of waiting for inlac to do that robert just throws the chain inside of the vial inside of the what inside of the guitar pile Oh, the pile. I'm just talking. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. I think as soon as you do that, the guitar the guitar pile ignites. Like it just catches flame from who knows what, right? There's no it's not like there was a spark or anything, but as soon as Imlac is inside it, it it ignites just like kindling. Um and I'm gonna say that Ectrix comes over and approaches you as well. And does it have anything which can help? It has perception. So I'm going to say that Ectrix reaches out a hand and just like Robert's kneeling, right? Like Robert's on his knees. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, uh, yeah, it's the Hendrix pose from when he burns the guitar at Woodstock. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Ectrix reaches out and like just places one of its hands on the back of Robert's neck and Robert can feel his own perception kind of stretching out at the same time. So um, let's add, Ectrix doesn't have boost, otherwise I would give you its full power. Um, So let's say adding two for Ectrix and another two for Imlac. Is that 10 D8 or? Uh, Just go ahead and roll another four D8. Like we're just gonna keep adding to it. No, no, that's fine. We just want one eight. That's all we're looking for at this point. Okay, so I did get one. Yes, word. So we're I'm I'm bending the rules a little bit, but because I want this to be cool and for you to succeed. So we're just kind of like adding all of the not adding, but including all of the numbers together into a single pool that you rolled. So at this point, with Ectrix's hand on the back of your neck, and maybe you don't know, maybe Ectrix is providing an a uh, introduction for you. <laughs> out there in the darkness you feel this kind of rumbly voice and let's say it's kind of in the back of your head again where Ectrix is channeling some of its energy into you 
um, you hear a rumbling voice that just says, New phone, who this? What's that? I said, new phone, who this? Yeah, there's something similar to that. It says, I awaken, who dis? <laughs> you must be the presence that pulled back from me at first. I don't know who or what you are, but there's something about you that's been calling me out. And I can't promise you a whole lot, but I can promise that you can stretch your limbs and kick some ass. Hmm. I am Ronk. Well, Ronk, I need you. We all out here waiting for you. So come out. Ronk. Ronk will come when called. I think, yeah, I think at this point it will tell you it's, um, it's need, though. So what you need? I'm kind of a, like, so can we have, like, how much fun can we have with these needs? Oh, in- entirely. All right, so because I'm kind of imagining Ronk is like, and again, this is like kind of a shitty Pokemon reference, but um like there's these two pokemon from generation five that look like muppets uh sock and grow which isn't creative of a name i realize but <laughs> they're essentially these like you know like they're, they're karate fighters and shit and rock maybe not as a karate fighter but he definitely is kind of an unconscious image of robert playing these sort of fighting video games at the arcade so I'm wondering if Ronk's need, so to speak, could be if Mlax is going back to the clearing, then for Ronk it is to basically play arcade games. Mm. I don't I don't know if that works though, but that's just something that came to mind. Yeah. Um, not so not not completely. Like I want it to have a little bit more I don't want it to be quite so trivial, right? Like okay. um I like the the games aspect though, right? So maybe right. it's, um, I mean, and I, I don't want to insinuate that playing arcade games is trivial. It's not, um, oh, yeah. but I want it to be something which will have kind of ongoing. Can people see Ronk? Yeah, yeah, people are going to be able to see Ronk because he's a right, pastor. Can Ronk just like beat people up in the streets then, like an arcade game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to figure out both his desire and his need. So his desire can definitely be mayhem, right? And there's a fixed list of desires. The desires can be mayhem, mischief, corruption, power, sensual gratification, creation, knowledge, or competition. And I think his desire could totally be competition. What if it's that? What if his desire I like that. I like that. is competition and he wants to just like beat people to pieces in these like head-to-head arcade games what if that's his desire i can dig that i'm wondering though like is there some way to sort of mm, i don't want so when you said competition at first i thought well how about he basically goes out into the streets and challenges people at random and like sort of puts this sign into the ground with all these rules about what the fight is and what the fight isn't and it's like these random ass people or maybe it's like people he thinks are strong i don't know i like i like your suggestion better though because i think thinking this through will take too much time so yeah how about he but i but i like I, I love that he would like leaning into the character of this of this 80s monstrosity that we're creating. Like I love the idea that he just carries around like a list of rules with him. So what yeah, I think this is his desire. His desire, he carries around a list of rules with him and he tries to get people to sign on for a quote unquote tournament with him, like a Mortal Kombat style thing. And like the cell um, games or some shit, you know? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And maybe his need, oh, this is his need. I've got it, I, I've got it, this is it. His desire is competition, right? He wants to be in these competitive tournaments that he himself is organizing, but his need is to be beaten at competition. And the problem is he's so good. All right, this is way too anime now. Why? Why is it way too anime? <laughs> that is last time. I mean, in a, in a you, good way. In a good okay, way. Okay. All right. In a yeah. Good in way. a good in way. A good um, that's just like, yeah. That that is some shit. Um, that sounds like every older brother in anime ever. It's like I'm so powerful, but yet all I desire is the one who can follow me. 
Exactly. Well, I mean, here's the problem. A reminder, you have to satisfy your demon's needs, right? So you are going to have to find a way to defeat Ronk. And I'm going to say it doesn't have to be in a fight, right? It could be at chess. It could be at, at whatever. I like, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Keeping it like mundane, but also interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Needs to be beaten at competition. I love it. Oh, I love that so much. Cool. Okay. So um, zooming back in to the moment where Robert has reached out to Ronk. Ronk is aware and is speaking to you. I need to be defeated. Is this something you can provide? Like in this moment. Well, no, he's just stating his needs. Like his, he will, I will need to be defeated continually. <laughs> you have other demons around you. They have their own needs. This is mine. Uh, quick question. Um, is, can, is, is Ronk like good at the things that he's going to be defeated at? Or is it just like, you know, me playing with my like younger sister at video games, but I'm like unplugging her joystick so that she'll never win? You have no idea. Okay. Um, and I, I have actually, I have an answer in my head about how this will work going forward. But in the moment, Robert doesn't know. Um, well, just straight up, man. You know, I'm like the best bass player in East Texas. So already right there, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> I think he, he laughs much more maniacally than I can do. Um, without embarrassing myself, um, and you can you can tell that this just this challenge delights him. Yeah, I dig it. So let's move from contacting to summoning, which is the next the next stage, and it's going to be easier um, because I think we're in the middle of this contact. Uh, so all demons want to be summoned and will not resist. The only thing that the sorcerer must overcome with his or her will as modified by humanity, is the demon's intrinsic power. So Ronk wants to be summoned, right? Wonk's Ronk, Wonk, well, there's going to be a lot of, like, opportunity for misspeaking with Ronk. Ronk wants to come into the world, and you basically just have to overcome its power in order to rend a tear in reality to make him appear. So we ha have his power, and we know what his power is because you've seen me roll it. It's 78. And to calculate what you're going to roll, it's your will minus your humanity, which at present is your will is five, your humanity is four. So that only gives you one D8. So you are going to need a bunch of modifiers at this point. You have already shattered your guitar, set it on fire, placed Imlac in the fire. Um, what are you going to do next? A reminder that you can sacrifice something and there are individuals who are incapacitated at the moment in the room with you um jesus really which part that last part the sacrifice part yeah yeah i'm not telling you you have to <laughs> at all i'm just saying that that is a way to oh yeah and actually okay so you're you're faced with this moment right where you're ready to summon Ronk, but you know that you feel, I mean, and it's interesting the way the mechanics here work, right? Where you're, it's your will, you're pushing hard to do this thing, but you have to actually overcome your own humanity to do it, right? Which is why it's will minus your humanity to figure out how many dice you roll. Mm -hmm. So which is why sacrificing something is, which could potentially harm your humanity, is one way of, of adding to your, to your dice rolls. Something happens as you're kind of considering all this, as you're realizing like that you're too attached to people, your sense of community is so strong, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you hear something speak from Samson's direction. And when you look up toward him, Samson's mouth is moving and it's, it's like his body is trying to croak out words. And there's the veins all around Samson's head and like his shoulders and his arms where you can see them are all distended and flaring outwards. And in fact, I think you can see all the track marks on his arms, which you couldn't see before. 
and mm. hit his mouth opens and like i said it's just kind of croaky at first it it is having trouble what's happening is abalazette is having trouble figuring out how to use samson's vocal cords while samson is incapacitated but eventually it manages to get out feel free to take this one <laughs> like oh my god and you know what's happening let's say that you know that this is not samson saying feel free to kill me bro you know that this <laughs> is abalazette speaking through his voice um and i think abalazette follows up with kill him and i can be yours as well <laughs> keeper would kill me he might be upset that's right. I mean, I I don't want you to do this, and I like to be totally honest, and I don't want Robert to stoop to these levels, um, and I don't really know that it would be in his character. But this is this what point, no. a, this is what Abalazette wants. <laughs> let's let's make that clear. Yeah. It is what Abalazette wants. I, I think I, I think Robert right now is if he were more unscrupulous, he would. But I think Robert wants his own power rather than. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's kind of like he wants Samson around too because he's kind of his rival. Um, for sure. You know, yeah. and you know, even though he doesn't care for Samson, he clearly cares for Samson. Um, just like I care enough for Kiefer not to kill his boy off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, he's not even here. That would be. Yeah. And and let me just put out a PSA to all the aspiring GMs out there. That would be a shit move. <laughs> To, to kill someone's character while the player isn't even here. <laughs> like, hey, what happened last time? Uh, nah, I definitely... So is Abalazet... has a parasite, right? Correct. Okay, so there's not like an object that I, he could quickly go run on and like take from Samson and then throw it into the fire, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. Robert disregard Like, Robert hears Abalazet... Um, but he disregards Abalazet almost entirely, although he did think for a moment, like, maybe I'll chop off one of his arms and throw it in the fire, but, um, <laughs> you know, won't do that. Um, instead of sacrificing someone else, um, and he looks at Joan, too, who's a dog, and the, the, the thought crosses his mind, like, but... And there's, again, there's also Travis Trent, right? Like, oh, there is Travis Trent. Yeah, so that's the other thing that I'm going to say, that if the thought is crossing his mind, the one that might be the most tempting would be the person who is just trying to kill the three of you. I had a different idea for what he, he was going to do, but I didn't realize we could do that with Travis Trent because I thought that might be like some kind of God-loading. I mean, he's dazed. He's out of it. You know, he's standing there, eyes glazed. Mm, it's risky, though. I mean, everything is risky. Um, Everything's risky, yes. And it and it will cause another um, humanity roll. You're going to have to do some humanity rolls here in a bit for these rituals you're performing, but it would cause another one. Um, can I suggest, not suggest, offer um, something that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, of course, please. So this is a life and death moment, and Robert really wants to, you know, show what he's all about. Could I say that Robert sort of puts his hand in the fire? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, as, like, some kind of, you know, this is what I'm willing to do to, like, become more powerful is to potentially risk my own ability to play the thing that I love to do. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Okay. So okay. Robert, um, you know, looking at everyone, um, realizes that, the only kind of sacrifice that's worth anything is the sacrifice that comes from myself. Um, so he extends his palms further towards the fire and both palms are sort of like, you know, like cupped out like the, uh, you mm -hmm. know, like uh, Oliver Twist wants some more. And he has his arms stretched out fully, like, and the flames are basically like fanning you know, grew and, you know, and he, it hurts clearly, but he's just waiting it out to see what happens. Both hands yeah. are, you know, being, you know, burned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
So the way we're going to do this, I think for the, for the role playing, like for the, for the considering it for the, you know, he thought about the sacrifice from each of them. Let's go ahead and give you 2d8 in addition. And then, and here's the way the sacrifice works. If you sacrifice something, you take it's either its will or its stamina score, whichever is higher. And then that becomes your bonus to the roll. I'm just going to let you add your whole stamina score because that, or um, which one was it? Which one was higher? Your whole will score, excuse me, to the roll. Because like it's your will forcing your hands potentially losing the thing you love most um, in the fire of this summoning roll. So I think it totally makes sense for you to use that as as your bonus. So that's 5d8 um, plus another two from the bonus I'm giving you, which is 7d8, and then the base 1d8 you had. So that's 8d8. Go ahead and give that a roll. And I'm rolling the same thing, the power. Oh my God. Fuck! Ugh, dice. Ooh. That's very bad. That's very bad. So Gary Gary had a bad roll, let's be clear. But he had an eight. He had an eight, a seven, and then a bunch of small numbers. And then Ronk, who's apparently rolling flush today, had eight, 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 seven, six. So the first eights pair off, and then its next eight beats Gary's seven. So Robert, I think Robert screams because he can feel it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. And you can feel the flesh blistering. Um, do you think it's just that Robert can't stand it and he pulls his hands out too quickly? Or do you think that there's something else going on here? Something else as in like a breakthrough anyway, or? No, like it's it's not something else in terms of of like there's another reason it's not working like do you think he pulls his hands out and it's just that it hurts too much or do you think it's that um that there's another reason like there's a metaphysical sorceress reason it's not working i mean i would be more inclined to say the latter um Mm -hmm. you know maybe it's dr fuller it might be there's a screen preventing him and ronk from basically becoming the new mega powers and um yeah robert sort of backs up a little bit but then you know foolishly or not like throws his hand into the fire again this time with like his forearm up to his elbow Mm -hmm. yeah are you actually like grabbing onto something is it one of those things like this hurts so bad and you come back and you cradle your hands for a second and then you decide no, and you like plunge into it, and you just grab onto things and hold them. Yeah, he's uh, in, in in the sort of metaphysical sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's um he's 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 not letting go, and he almost feels insulted that Abalazet would offer himself up as or themselves up as mm-hmm. you know sort of tribute for Robert. Yeah, I like that touch. So we'll give you another additional D eight for that little touch. Um, I'm going to do something here to see, I'm going to make two rolls real quick, try and raise the stakes a little bit. That was a bad roll, which is good. What I'm doing is I'm rolling your will against your stamina for each time your, your hands go in. And when your will beats your stamina, um, I'm going to drop your stamina by a point because you're taking injuries, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and when your stamina hits zero, normally we, we would say that you pass out, which is something that we we can decide if that's what happens. But what I'm going to say is that if your stamina hits zero, then you lose the ability to play guitar. And that's Ooh. that's like how we're going to amp the stakes here. So Ooh. I just rolled it once for the first time your hands went into the fire. Let's roll it the second time. And your will is much higher than your stamina, which is a problem. Okay, so the second time it beat your stamina, which means that you're... Um, we're just going to call it a countdown. I'm not going to reduce your stamina by one. Um, but we've gone down to two now, right? We were at three. Now we're at two. If we get to zero, that means you've lost to the ability to play guitar. But, okay, so go ahead and take your will again, which is 5d8, plus the one for the little moment I gave you, which is 68. And let me double check, make sure there aren't any other penalties for summoning again. You're like trying to move heaven and earth to make this happen. 
I do. I, I mean, I, I, I want to. I think the universe is just like, nah, not today. I mean, and but that is like, it is a good reflection of what it takes, right? Like right. that's it's it is a reflection of the of the mental fortitude it takes to summon something which doesn't belong in reality, right? You are you are impinging on it. You are forcing the doors of reality open, and that's hard, and it should be hard. Okay, so it's five for your will, one, uh, uh, so 78 is what we've got this time around. Okay, so that's another eight, and I rolled again this time. So it is, it is so close this time that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Well, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you, do you want it to go ahead and work and you will have a negative to your binding roll? So it'll be more difficult for you to bind Ronk effectively. It'll be harder to control. Or do you want to try one more time right. and risk losing, losing your hands? <sighs> and let me actually, for, the, um, for effect, let me see how your hands are doing. Um, so, I mean, there's, I, I, I don't quite know what it feels like to do what Robert is doing, but I, I imagine there's a lot of heat blisters and stuff forming that he doesn't quite feel yet. I mean, I think it's, I, I think it is getting really bad, right? I don't want to get too explicit in terms of like what is actually happening to his hands at the moment, but it is, it is very bad and i i think that it is extremely painful right like i don't i don't want to lean away from <laughs> he's not feeling it yet i think he's feeling it right and that 100%. is that's part of what he's having to channel in order to make ronk come through let's keep going okay um so go ahead and roll me because he's he's keeping on go ahead and roll me i think just 68 this time for the the five for the will, he's sacrificing his hands. You are down to one on the countdown toward not being able to use your hands anymore. So will I'll make another roll after this, will versus stamina, and see if he's lost the use of his hands or not. Um, All right, go. Go ahead and roll me and uh, just seventy eight or sixty eight. Sure. Ugh. And it is just not coming up eights today. Um, Robert doesn't succeed this i mean and this is the problem with giving ronk all that stamina earlier right is yeah. that it's it's just so it's like you're trying to pull an ocean liner through you know a crack in a wall that kind of thing the wall is not very sturdy but the ocean liner is extremely heavy um let's roll for your hands <laughs> i feel so bad for robert i'm so sorry yeah. all right yeah and he Robert loses the ability. I don't know that he knows it yet. I doubt he he realizes this yet, but his hands are ruined at this point. And maybe he does pass out now. I don't know. I think he um, should. Uh, yeah, he's okay. There's nothing else so his, his stamina has been reducing by one each time, and then he, he faints from exhaustion um, and pain. Well, this is not the direction I thought we were going to go today. I thought it was going to be a fairly straightforward summon a demon, bring it in. Here it is. Hey, what can I say? The thirst uh, for power got the best of me. <laughs> I mean, what are what are you, Gary, thinking at this point? I mean, to to set the stage again, right? We have Joan is bleeding out, so there's still a, the potential that Joan may die at the beginning of next session. Samson. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, Samson's demon is acting a little rebellious and speaking through him while he's dead. A dazed. little. The homie basically said, "Hey, take take him." I, I'm that, good. Was, that was that was what we call um, under exaggeration. I know. <laughs> um, and both Samson and Travis Trent are standing there. Um, their eyes glazed over. And I think that glaze is probably going to pass fairly soon. And then we will have to see where we're at. So this was a very internal uh, episode for, or yeah, what are you what are you thinking at this point after putting Robert through all this? Um, I've never felt so bad for like a fictional character in this format before. So, um, you know, my heart goes out to Robert. But um yeah, I think 
the numbers don't lie. And um, I think Robert doesn't quite understand his reason for doing what he did beyond power and the pursuit of it. And even though, you know, he's talented with MLAC, he's not talented enough to sort of uh, hang out there with the, uh, you know, the ones that go bump in the night. And uh, now he's paying for it and he will never be able to play bass guitar again. And um, I guess he won't be even able to use his hands again for that matter. So he's just kind of done. Like in, 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 this, in the sense that he won't be able to use his hands to play guitar, not like he's done. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, this is an interesting, if, if this was a novel, this would be a really interesting chapter where we've gone from this big fight scene to is kind of, you know, focusing on a single character who's been, you know, this, this chapter is mostly internal. It's mostly him taking big swings to try and, to try and do something impressive that will win the day and ultimately fails at it. Um, which is a little heartbreaking, but again, I was, I was trying to move heaven and earth to make sure it happened while at the same time being true to the rules. And I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Any, yeah, I mean, I guess we can, we can close out and next time we're all together, we'll pick up where we've left off. Do you have any final, any final thoughts for us here? Um, Robert should have, um, stayed in his lane, you know? He's a, he's a summoner, he's a, he's a support class trying to be an offensive class. You gotta go back to Yeah, I don't know that that's true, right? Like he's, he's, he is powerful, he's a sorcerer, but it's that- I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that he's a support class in a bad way. I just mean that Robert and Imlac's skill sets are more towards like turning the tide of battle um, through mm -hmm. other people rather than through himself, which is why he wanted to summon someone like Ronk who would be able to just like kick ass like face to face. Um, but it didn't work. And um, now he's uh, now he's fainted. His eyes were bigger than his stomach. And now his eyes are not even open. All right, everybody. Uh, once again, an extremely surprising uh, turn of events for me. Like uh, like I said at the top, did not know what was going to happen, didn't know what the demon looked like, didn't know that, that Robert was going to lose the ability to play bass guitar by the fuck end of this Ronk. episode. Yeah, fuck Ronk. That's right. That can be the, the subheading for, for today's episode. Um, <laughs> but for now, we will, we will say adieu. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode, hopefully with the whole crew and uh, seeing what happens in the chaos of the arcade. Peace out. So have a good one, everybody. And, uh, you know, leave a rating and a review thing. Helps out. Peace. And we're good. We can stop recording. Wow.